Welcome to Real Estate Unscripted, where each week we connect no-nonsense, let's get it done, realtors and lenders from across the country who want to grow our businesses and stay motivated with timely topics and experts in our fields. I'm your host, Marjorie Adam. Let's get started. Hey, everyone, and thank you for joining me on Real Estate Unscripted. You all are in for a complete treat today. We have my friend Carrie Schull, who is taken time out of her ridiculous schedule to make time for us. So say hi. Hi, everybody. I'm so grateful to be here, Marjorie. Thank you. Well, listen, I am just so ecstatic because I think that many people around here, at least in Virginia, have certainly heard of you. I have gotten the pleasure of knowing you for the past eight years. I've gotten to meet with your team. We get to send each other referrals. But What's always amazed me about you, eight years ago, we met in a mutual coaching company and you're the founder of the Carrie Scholl team, which is a fantastic team. You're a coach, a mentor. I just found out you do development of condos. You do it all. I joke with her. She also has kids. It's like, what do you not do is really what we could interview her on. It would be probably shorter. But I think the thing that I have been just phenomenally impressed with you is your vision. So what you've built is unbelievable. And so you started in 2008. Give them a little background on your path. Sure. Well, I started my career selling new homes and ended up selling condo buildings for developers and I managed multiple sales teams. And so at one point, my mentor and boss came to me and said, hey, I have this opportunity. I have an investor that has $50 million and is interested in buying bulk short sales and foreclosures. And I remember doing the math, not on my phone, I'm dating myself on a calculator (laughs) and figuring out the opportunity financially. And she said, wait, 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 before you make the decision, understand that I have enough money to live happily for the rest of my life. And I'm not going to be a real estate agent. So if this doesn't work, you're on your own. And I looked back at the calculator and I'm like, I'm in. So I ended up in the real estate industry and that investor bought a hotel with that money three weeks later. And I woke up and I remember laughing in my bed and going, oh my gosh, I'm a real estate agent. Like, what is that going to look like? What is that going to be? That was 2008. And I fell in love with the business. I was very blessed because I came from a background in new construction where I had some on-site sales agents that I had relationships with. So I was able to stay in touch with those people and get some referrals. And I did not knock it out of the park my first year. I did well. I did 19 transactions. And What I really loved was taking care of the clients and really understanding what mattered to them and being able to sell them what exactly they wanted versus selling some new thing that didn't necessarily fit their needs exactly all the time was pretty cool. And so if I fast forward kind of to the point of getting to my vision and what really made the difference to me, I got a junk email. And I was someone who always followed a mentor or had somebody. And remember, my mentor told me clearly she was out of there if this investor didn't come through. And so I was at a Remax at the time. I had been walking the halls of terror is what I call it. I was like walking around looking for any agent that would support me. And what I saw was kind of two types of agents in that office. There were agents who were not doing a lot of business. And of course, those agents were willing to help me. And then there were agents that were super successful. And I saw that they had failed marriages. They had limited time with their children. They had a really tough life and it wasn't what I wanted. And so I was struggling. 
struggling. I didn't have a vision. I was feeling like, well, I love the work that I'm doing, but what is this going to look like in 10 years when I have a family? I have four children that are seven and under, by the way. I knew that having a family was super important to me. And so about the time that I was starting to falter and feel unsure, I got a junk email. And it said, like, want to make more money and have more time, like standard real estate language, right? And I'm like, I do, pick me. Me too. So I I went to this event and it was absolutely incredible. I saw a bunch of teams and I didn't even know a real estate team existed because I was at a Remax where there were no teams. (laughs) And all of a sudden I saw people on stage that were selling hundreds of homes. And I remember thinking like, wow, if they can do this and they have flexibility of their schedule and they're really successful and they're making a lot of money, then I can work with the clients and sell homes, which I love. And one of the saddest things for me, some people are like celebrating when their buyer goes to closing. I remember driving home from closings, like crying because I love these people. And now I'm not going to see them every weekend. I am a relationship person. And so the idea of having a team where I could continue to have a close bond with people over time and they wouldn't like buy their house and then I don't get to see them all the time was really attractive to me too. So I think from the beginning, Once I had the social proof that it was possible, then wow, what I could build and the freedom and flexibility I could have in my lifestyle by having other people that could do some of the work that you can't control the timing elements. So you were a solo agent. And by the way, 19 transactions your first year, a lot of realtors don't do 19 transactions. So to me as a new agent, that's not too bad, by the way. But in under five years, you did 365 transactions. You had 45 people. Now you have 80 people and you did 665 transactions in 2022. Now, when you and I were talking before, you were like, yeah, but we did better in 2021. So did most people. (laughs) But still, I think your vision and how you've created this team. Now, I also want to clarify for people listening here, the point of this talk is not how to have 80 people and 700, 1100 transactions. That's not the point. The point is being super clear on what you wanted and duplicating and hiring and having a successful team. So for people that are saying, well, I don't want 80 people, you're going to miss the boat if that's all you're hearing. So what we really want to talk about is your vision, how you kind of came up with the concept, because frankly, you've got to have a strong vision to run a five person team and even more, right? An 80 person team, but that's not what we're trying to focus on. So let's talk about some successes and fails, right? You've hired people, some things you'd want people to know this went really well, or whoops, this didn't go as well. Oh gosh, I have some that are like train wrecks and some that have been very (laughs) successful and I'm very comfortable being vulnerable and sharing on both sides. So the first thing I will say, I was somebody who liked to wing it meaning I just connected with people. And so in the beginning of my career, before I saw these other successful teams, that's the way I approached the business. I went in, I created a relationship, I got people to like me and we did business together and that was great. But what I learned, and thankfully I learned it from watching other people succeed and fail my first year being in that coaching program that I was in, I learned that if they did not have a firm system when they hired people, the people were going to fail. So I couldn't run around being a unicorn and then wonder why someone wasn't able to succeed. Instead, I had to create duplicatable process that I could bring an agent in and say, here, this is how we do it. It's three steps. This is why you do the first step. These are the key ingredients to success here. And the same is true the whole way through. And so 
I became obsessive about processes and systems. And so when an agent came in, they could succeed. And I think for people out there, when I'm coaching agents, one of the things I hear is, well, I'm the only one X. I'm the only one Y. And what I will tell you, you're limiting your possibility if you put that constraint on others. And it's actually not true. You may think you're absolutely incredible at whatever it is, but I promise you when you stretch yourself and you evolve your thinking and you become a leader, you're going to be able to find somebody who complements your strengths and weaknesses. So one of the things I learned, I had a coach in the beginning of my real estate career when I just was in that stage after I went to that live event. And he told me, Carrie, you're going to have to be the ISA last on your team. That's the role you're going to have to keep. And if I listened to him and I didn't trust my instincts, I guarantee you, I wouldn't be a real estate agent today. So sometimes it's about knowing yourself and your vision well enough, even if you're talking to someone super successful, there's going to be people who you align with and people you don't. And this coach taught me a lot, but I also was strong enough and confident enough in myself that when he said that, and I felt like it was acid on my soul sitting at a desk, I knew that I had to find another way. Yeah. So I ended up hiring three ISAs at the same time, because again, I watched all of my friends that I had met in this program. And every time they hired an ISA, they would lose half the people. It wouldn't work out. And so I'm like, well, if this guy's telling me I have to be an ISA forever, and I'm watching all these people fail at hiring ISAs, I'm going to hire three and one of them is going to work. And that's exactly what happened. And so I became obsessed with the processes around the ISA side of the business. And that is how I believe I really scaled. Say what ISA, just in case someone's listening and they go, I don't know what an ISA is. Yeah, thank you. It's an inside sales agent. And so it's really the face of your organization. When a new opportunity comes in the door, they're the one that is answering the phone and making sure that it gets to the right member of your team that's going to be able to take that client through the process. Yes. You talked about too, is one of the quotes I'm going to quote to you is you have to make your team and your team members successful. And if there are things that it doesn't make you special, it makes you a poor leader. So I think there's things that are very true. Like you will definitely make it super clear. Why do you think people are scared to hire or don't do a good job hiring? Like what are the pitfalls there or what are the things they need to get over? Sure. Well, the first thing is ego, right? Because when you think you're the only one who can do something, of course you have a limitation because if there's all these things that only you can do, how are you ever going to evolve? Like if Jeff Bezos thought that way, we couldn't get our drinks delivered to us and our, <laughs> right? So it's about figuring out, well, how do I break this down into a role that someone else can succeed at? Because people are very intelligent when you find the right ones. And so one of the things that I believe is that Agents have a tendency to wait too long to hire yep. and they wait until they're so stressed out that they'll hire anybody with a heartbeat. And I've watched this happen over the years when I've coached agents and I see these people that they hire and it's like a very clear, hard no for me. And they end up hiring a family member, a husband, a wife, a friend. The person is not qualified to do the job. They don't even have the desire to do the job. And someone's trying to shove them into a role that doesn't fit. And so I think the first thing I will say about hiring is, you got to take a deep breath and you have to take a step back and you have to really try and associate with who is this person? What do they bring out in you? What are they better than you at, right? I hate follow-up. 
Hence the reason asset on my soul being an ISA. So when I hired my first listing partner and my first buyer partner, I would go into the meeting. I love the meeting part. I love connecting and learning about the client and their motivation and their situation and their house. But I don't want to send the thank you card afterwards. If they don't sign that day, I've moved on. I need somebody who's going to go behind me and make sure that all the I's are dotted and T's are crossed. And so the person who was my original listing partner ended up developing into one of the top listing agents in our area. So don't think because someone can't do what you do today, you can't baby step them into that by providing the right systems, training and support. You can always replace yourself. I agree. Yeah. I mean, I think as our team has grown and I still have a pretty small team, I've got Bethany who's an amazing listing partner. I have Brittany who's an amazing contract to close. I have Taylor who takes care of clients and manages leads and all these things that are super important and they're way better at them than me right? Like I am the you. I like to go into the appointment and connect with them and everything. And then the details are so important, but it's not my strength. So I think making sure, plus for the client's experience, it's so much better. They get the best you, not the you and all the other parts that you have to do, but aren't what your superpowers are. Absolutely. So tell me some struggles. Let's we know, give me a little more about your hiring process. So I'm Marjorie Realtor and I want to come in and work with you. It's an example as a team member, but I would say it would be the same thing, whether they were a sales position or a hired employee position. Let's talk about some of the things that you have people go through, because I think it kind of also shows barriers to entry, but also what you expect. Sure. So the first time I put up a job ad, I got like 300 applications and I remember actually crying. I was in that camp of I waited too long to hire. And so I get all these applications and I was so afraid of making a mistake. And I thought at that time, like, oh, I have to interview every single person or I'm not going to know. Well, that was ridiculous, right? So a tactic that I recommend is in the bottom of your ad, you say in the subject line, when you respond to the job application, please put your favorite color in the subject line. Then when you look through your inbox, guess what you get to do with 90%. You don't even have to open them. So don't tell them, put it in the first line because then you got to open every email. A lot of what you're doing as a team leader to make yourself successful is being very effective with your personal time. So there, boom, 90% of the application's gone. You can focus on the 10% that are worthwhile to focus on. And so for us, our process when we're hiring an agent specifically, we don't care whether it's an agent who's never sold a home before or somebody who's been selling homes for 14 years. We know that the person who we're going to be able to help be more successful in their career is going to be coachable and they're going to want more success. And so we say, okay, if we talk to them up front and they say, we're interested, okay, here's the next steps. We send them over a copy of myself doing the buyer presentation and the slides that go with our buyer presentation. When they come to meet in person with HR, they actually walk through our needs analysis and our buyer presentation and they role play and they're the agent and HR is the buyer. Now we learn a lot from going through that process. Did they study? Did they apply themselves? Are they natural? Do they interrupt when the client's talking? Like basic things that tell us, is this person gonna be successful or probably not? And we only hire one in 15 to 20 people because of that process. We know, okay, this is someone who we would end up giving leads and they wouldn't work out. I want to stress this because we both know you hand leads and you're like, I don't even know if they're following up with them. Well, that's a you problem to start with, but there's training you can do. But some of that is 
like not interrupting someone. There's certain things that you can't teach. So I love that. I would imagine some people are sweating, right? <laughs> oh, they are. They like I'm in. sweating. Yeah. <laughs> and I was mentioning earlier, then at the end of our training process, I used the phrase intense accountability, right? So I have some intense accountability and have a reputation for that, but I also love my people a lot. So they know that my heart is in the right place. And I ask their permission on their first day to be very intense with them. And the good news is they all say yes. So when we get to the point where we're going through test out for us, that's after they've gone through a three-week training program, they have to walk through from the time that the call comes in for an online lead all the way till the contract is written. And they have to show us how they close for signing the buyer agreement, we give objections. I write down the scenario because every buyer, in my opinion, is somewhat unrealistic. Sure, they start with a price point and a list of needs, and there's going to have to be some movement of their criteria. So I actually have the person who's doing test out, which used to be me, write down all of their needs and then write down what they can be shifted and what are their no buttons because every single buyer has that. And so when the agent is walking through that process, we're learning what are their strengths and weaknesses, where are they helping shift the expectations, where are they not? And all of that helps to shape an agent who has extreme confidence because if they can do it when I'm the buyer, what happens when they're in the room with a real buyer? They're amazing. Right. Yeah. Well, because you're going to be tougher, right? So I think we're the same way. I think Bethany went on two years of listing appointments with me as listing manager still goes, but really was learning, sat in on every consult, sat in on contract strategy. I mean, it was a constant learning. Here's how we show houses over and over and over. So it wasn't a throw them to the wolves, which I think most people do, right? It's like, I showed you once, I figure you got it and thinking that's kind of silly. Like, did I do it once and become really good at it? No. So I right. think that I love all of this because I think we have a pretty good routine, but whew, it's not that dialed in, right? It's not that clear. And I think everyone listening, what you said, right, is a test out process. You send over for a video, you interview with HR, they walk you through a transaction that you have to do. It's intense hiring process, but it should be if your clients are going to be interacting with these people. Most Absolutely. people, it's like, yeah, you look pretty good and I'm desperate. So can you start tomorrow? Right. And so none of that with your team, which I think is fantastic. Let's talk about this market. When we get to a certain point, I think it's important to talk about you now have 80 people, you're doing hundreds of transactions. What they're missing is the years and work that you've put into it. Cause now it's just, oh, she's got this team. Yes. It just magically apparated like a unicorn, not all the work you did, but I think they think, well, there's no struggles. Of course there are. So let's talk about some things that your agents that you're struggling with, that you're helping them through and some tactics for this market right now. Sure. I just did a training earlier today, actually, with a lot of agents, and it's the same concerns. There were people from the Bay, there were people from Sacramento, Colorado, Oregon, all throughout the United States. And they're saying, well, buyers are hesitating, right? They're worried about the interest rate. They're worried about the market. They're worried about all of these things. And I think our market in the Washington, D.C. area, we're slightly ahead of the rest of the country. So the good news, if you're listening to this, is that we're seeing in the last 30 days, activity has picked up so tremendously. To give one isolated example, we had a listing and we had 10 showings and one offer, okay? Then we got another listing down the street. Same street, not as nice of condition as the first listing. 30 days later, 200 showings, 24 offers, 30 days difference, okay? So 
What I will tell you, if you're an agent today that's struggling, one of the biggest struggles you have are, where are my people that will do something right now? And my feedback is, you need to go have all the conversations with your A's, B's, C's, and the people you've never spoke to, because a lot of those people in very, very short amount of time are going to look around them and they're going to see people buying and selling. And when they see that, all of a sudden, those hesitations are like, oh, Sam's doing it and Vanessa's doing it. I've got to do it. And as an agent, we have to take advantage of these moments in time where people have confidence. The interest rates will go down again. I believe they will, right? And when they do, there's like this pent up demand and there's not a lot of inventory in most markets right now. And so the agents that are able to get people feeling supported, even though they're not ready, when those buyers look around, you want to be the agent that they think of because they're going to be ready to buy and they're going to be ready to buy very, very quickly. So my biggest advice is be ready, provide value now. So what does value look like? Well, value could be looking at the market stats and helping them understand that the world is changing first. If you send a video, like, I don't know if any of you guys have Wyalopo, but we just did an incredible training with Wyalopo the other day. And we have the ability to look at the city and then the market trends in the city. And we just taught our agents how to do a very quick loom video where they're talking about the stats. So they can text a video in two seconds. That's like, The market's changing right now in front of my eyes. If you are somebody that's been unsure. And then the other technique is make sure you have a lender partner that has a solution. And I know there's a lot of lenders that are probably listening. One of my favorite lenders has a program that is helping buyers get off the fence. And it's an interest rate protection plan. And so basically, if any of my buyers buy right now for the next three years, At any time, they can choose to refinance for free. It's huge. All of a sudden, people go from like, oh, but I don't know. I might want to wait. Okay, let me ask you something. Would it make sense to you, Marjorie, if I could get you today's pricing? Because if interest rates go down, what do you think is going to happen to prices? Yeah, yeah, price go up. No doubt. So what if I could lock you into today's price and I could give you tomorrow's interest rate? Would that excite you? It would. I can. I'm going to help you do that. I have a very, very unique product, blah, 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 blah. When can we get together? Right. And this is the other technique that I think is so important. And it's a lost art from how lazy agents got in 2021. And in 2020, we didn't have to have a firm process because people would just call us up from Zillow and say, here I am at 123 Main Street and I want to buy this house, right? So your job as the agent is to grab somebody's hand to reassure them and to move them to the next phase of the process. So you don't take somebody who's hesitating on the fence and try and convince them to go out and see properties. That might be too aggressive of an approach, right? Instead, you say, listen, I understand that you're feeling uncertain about the market. Why don't we do this? Whether the time is right for you in three months, six months, or two years, I'm guessing having a little more data about the market would be helpful, right? They can't say, no, it wouldn't be helpful. Like, no, I'm nervous and afraid and that's not helpful, right? So all you do is book the next meeting, like get in front of them, build the relationship, become really, really good at providing enough value. So for us, part of that is our off-market procurement plan, right? We're like, hey, 
If you're not interested in buying right now, but you want to buy when you feel more comfortable about the interest rates, the market, we have a program where we come and meet with you. It's absolutely free. We're reviewing the statistics. We're reviewing this and that. And what we're going to do is put a plan in place so that you do feel comfortable when the time is right. And by the way, we're going to figure out your perfect world, where you would want to live so we can go out and build relationships with some of the future sellers. So at the time that you're ready, we have people that have raised their hand and are ready to sell, right? And then we match them. That's fantastic. So the people that are struggling right now, biggest thing that they need to work on. Yeah. I think what's happening right now is people are paralyzed. It's not just the clients that are paralyzed, actually. It's the agents too, because what they're hearing is different than what they've heard or felt before. And so they're feeling a little inadequate and unsure. And what I'm coaching my clients, my agents, I'm saying, listen, if you're in action, if you have momentum, if I just plan my week and then I execute my plan, Figure out what are the activities for you. For me and Marjorie, I know you're the same. I love corporate accounts. I want to go out. If I can go and meet with one buyer or I can meet with 10, what's better? 10. <laughs> so as an example, we've leveraged some of our new construction condos and we've said, where are there schools around these condo buildings? A firehouse? Where is there a police set? We're going around and just focusing really how can we get these people in the door? So if that means going to a lender partner and figuring out a program that's specific for teachers, we just did that. And guess what? This is crazy. The average income in the school that we just got our first buyer consultation in, and it's us inviting all the teachers. We went and dropped bagels and invitations and it's directly across the street from one of our condo buildings. The average income of those teachers is $165,000. So if you can get 10, 15, 20 of those teachers to come in the door, wow. And you can help them, right? And you can help these teachers and the community for everything they do for us and our children. Absolutely. I mean, these teachers are dying to rent this building. They've been knocking on the door and asking to rent. And we're like, wow, this is their average income. They don't need to be renting. Yeah. We can help them buy. And so my advice is do not think in a linear pattern. What do I mean by that? Don't think, okay, I need to wait for my SOI to call. No, figure out what are the things you can be doing? Is it that you need to call back all of your past clients and plan coffee with them? That's like here on a basic level, all agents are talking about that. Or is it that you need to go to the school? And by the way, you don't just show up at the school and it works, right? The first time my agent went to that school, it was locked down and he couldn't get in. And so he's like, well, I can't get in. And I'm like, okay, try again tomorrow. You just need to build one relationship. You need to get one email and then we'll find the list of the faculty and staff of that school. And we can invite all of them by the one email address because we'll know the format. And he's like, okay, so he did. And then that teacher, when he came back the third day was like, oh, hey, it's you again. Would you like to meet with the vice principal who introduced him to the principal who said, yeah, we'd like to do a series. So just stay the course, keep in action. If you're looking for more buyers right now, go in front of a coming soon listing and say, hey, my name's Carrie. If you're looking to buy a home right now, I'm guessing it's frustrating. Interest rates are changing. You're not sure of the market, but guess what? The best advice I could offer you, you need an agent who's going to go out and find properties for you before they ever hit the market. Today, I'm in blah, blah, blah neighborhood and I'm standing in front of this property. No one else knows about it yet. I do. 
Would you like to learn about more properties like this? Boom. That's it. Get people to come to you. Be a magnet and your business will soar, but it's all based on your confidence and your mindset. I think that's the biggest thing is it got hard. We forgot that it's not supposed to be that easy. We got a little lazy and we got scared. And I think that being the positive, but here's the market we're in, here's how I'm going to help you through it is a very effective way, right? And so listen, thank you so much for joining me on Real Estate Unscripted today. I can't wait to catch up with you soon. Send more great clients your way because you guys take such great care of them. And I really appreciate you. Thank you so much. It was fun being here. Bye, everybody. Real Estate Unscripted is sponsored by Alcova Mortgage. Alcova is committed to simplifying the mortgage process. Check out the tools we offer to realtors and homebuyers at alcova.com slash realtors. Alcova Mortgage, equal housing lender, NMLS ID number 40508, NMLSconsumeraccess.org. Before we go, please show us some love by subscribing on your listening platform of choice and leaving us a review on Apple Podcasts. Make sure you share this with your friends and be sure to listen in next week. Until then, this is Marjorie Adam. Don't forget to check out the show notes for a recap. This podcast was made possible by listeners like you. Thank you so much for your support.